we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather, the Turbul people of Yagra land, as well as the Woiwurrung people of the Warrantiji land. We recognize their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We respect all Turbul and Woiwurrung elders and ancestors and any First Nations people here today. I can't take it anymore! Good afternoon, good evening, good day, and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to the new Blurt. You absolutely are listening to the new Blurt. Good uh, evening to one and all. Tonight, I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country. Call a nation of the Woiwurrung people. Sovereignty was never ceded, always has been, and always will be Aboriginal land. Uh, I am the Kexer of the, the new Blurt. And um, I thought tonight I'd just do a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about. We're going to have great people that did stuff. We're going to talk about Marcus Aurelius and the meditations. And Wensi's going to talk about um, uh, spray on skin, which will be uh, the inventors of. So that'll be an interesting one. And then after that, we'll have Do Yourself a Favor, which is all about our best uh, podcasts and recommendations that. Uh, we give to you, uh, Blurtsters, because uh, there's so many fantastic ones, not just us around. So uh, with that, good evening, Wetsy. Hello, hello. Uh, before I start, I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the Jagra and Turbul people of the Mianjin Nation, and pay my respect to elders past and present. How goes it? It goes particularly well, my friend. Really, really good. Yeah, no, really good. Off to New Zealand next week, believe it or not. I know we've only um, uh, we've only sort of just started, as it were. Actually, no, that is not true. I am not off next week. I am off on the seventh, which two is not next week. Yes, Correct. two more weeks. I'm getting 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 ahead of myself. Getting ahead of myself. Getting excited by the sounds of yeah. it. Yes. Well, yeah. It should should be a bit of fun. It's always a bit of fun. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, you must be racking up the frequent flyer points by now. Well, to New Although Zealand anyway. To New... <laughs> That's a lot of trips you've done in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. No, we have done quite a few. You're right. To, to New Zealand in particular. You're you're hundred percent correct. Um but enough about my trips and more about some maybe involuntary trips uh, you may be taking, depending on how bad this cyclone is that's um, <laughs> oh, hitting the, yes. uh, the northeast of Australia. Do do tell the Blursters what's happening that uh, uh, they yes. may not be up there and they don't know. That's right. So far north Queensland, around the Townsville area, um, they are about to get hit by um, Cyclone Kiralee. Now, it was a bit... Um, oh, that's nearly Keeley. Nearly, yeah. <laughs> you, nearly, you, you nearly became famous. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're um, forecast to get a category two cyclone tomorrow. It was initially forecast it was going to be a three, five being the highest for um, for cyclones here in Australia. So it's been downgraded, which is good for for them. But obviously, what? there's still going to be um, issues with flooding and storms in the afternoon. So what would so what would be the difference between a five and a three category? What what would be the um, what would not be happening in a three compared to a five level? Um, so I guess stronger winds. So predicted winds for this one are around about 120 to 140. Uh, category <sighs> five um, 
which is where it peters out, would be, I'm guessing, well over 200. Um, oh, my God. Seriously. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was just trying to do a bit of quick research to find out. Bit of bomb, uh, bit of bomb work. Trying to do a bit of bomb work. work. Yeah, a bit of bomb work. What I can show you is the, um, the path that it's going to take. So oh, okay. Just, if everyone can just if you're uh, yeah, if um, if you're not joining us live at the moment, um, and you are watching this on the record, uh, Wincy is trying to bring up the bomb um, uh, chart uh, on the video. Yeah. Obviously, on the audio, you won't see this, but we will have a link to it in the show notes. Yes, so you can have that's a right. So hopefully, you can see that. Uh, yes, I can see that on our screen. So there's Kiralee at this present moment in the middle of the Pacific, I guess, or is that the Coral Sea? You can never tell where, where those two end and start. So you can see Townsville. Yeah. Uh, in the Kai, so it's not good. Yeah, seriously, I do not know. Where, where I am. But I'm just going to press play here, and you're going to see how it's going to progress. Wow. And okay. I'm just going to pause it there. So... Okay. That, that tomorrow afternoon evening is the predicted right. hit. Um, okay. Around the Townsville area. So yes, so they're in the firing line. So, and then yeah, the following day on Friday goes in, inland and gets progressively further away and well, becomes it, a well, storm. Like, well, <clears throat> and will that? Do you think there'll be any major repercussions uh, with Brisbane at all? <clears throat> Uh, I know at this early stage they're predicting 50 to 60 mil of rain on the weekend for us in Brisbane. So That's quite be... a lot of rain. <laughs> it is. It is. And um, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, no. Six centimetres of rain is a lot of rain. It is. And a lot of um, uh, members of the family here um, still suffer a little bit of PTSD from two years ago when we got flooded. So... So not 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 going to be a fun weekend, I must admit. But we'll just stay indoors and try not to look at the outside world. Yes, well, you know, I mean, I keep doing that now when I look over um, at America because uh, mm. Orange Head is one another one another state over there to be representative of the um, mm. uh, Republican uh, Party. So yeah, I don't. I think it's going to be another Biden Orange Head um election in november yeah so. yeah it's looking like it isn't it because um which nikki even though nikki haley lost she hasn't stepped away from the race for the no. republican nomination which is no. good i'm glad she hasn't given up i don't know what yeah. she can do to make up the 20 or 30 percent she um didn't make up the the thing is wency that she's never gone hard enough like mm. they're they're so um adamant to appease orange head and they don't want to lose those nutbag voters that are voting mm. for orange head. I've got to be honest with you. I saw a little clip tonight on CNN and it had, I think it had like 15 or 20 voters that are going to vote in the South Carolina next month, which is, just, you know, the same thing that's just happened in New Hampshire, et cetera, et cetera. They just, as you know, they just have stupid ways of doing things in America. Mm. Anyway, 
of picking their people and whatever. These 20-odd people, I've got to be honest with you, they all seem to be educated. They seem to have had quite a good form of education. Mm. And of those 20 people, there were still complete nutbags there that were going to vote for Trump. Yeah. It, it is amazing. If, if you're educated, there's absolutely, I mean, there's difference between having a difference of opinion, actually seeing and hearing factual evidence that it's come mm. out of someone's mouth and it's gone yeah. through the courts mm. um, and you're and you're educated. It's like, I, I just don't understand how you can stick with that. I don't get it. At yeah. all. I, I, tell you, <clears throat> I tell you the other thing I don't get, I don't get robots. And apparently, what? yes, robots. Apparently, BMW um, are going to be introducing them. So, uh, manufacturing, BMW is partnered with a California company called Figure mm-hmm. to introduce humanoid robots into their manufacturing plants. And the robots are capable of walking on two legs and using five fingered hands to assemble machines. So, they're not even wow. going to have thumbs, they're going to have five fingered hands. Um, yeah, cool. Which is interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is the first time autonomous human-shaped uh, robots will be used on assembly lines, yeah. and the agreement between Figure and BMW involves a milestone-based approach for the deployment of humanoid robots. Uh, according to Figure's CEO, the robots can do basically everything that a human can do, apart from uh, obviously yes. have emotions. Mm. Um so uh, yeah, the introduction of robots in car production could make productivity more efficient, allow the team to focus on the transformation ahead and sack a heap of people and not yeah. have to worry about unions. Yeah. So they'll be, yeah. they'll, be wrapped, they'll be wrapped with that. I'll tell you another thing about BMW too. They mm. have a option, and this is hilarious. So mm. in, their, in their EVs, right, in the BMW EV, they have an option. It's just because all their stuff is subscription model. It's a subscription mm, yeah. model. That's so, the future. Absolutely. It's the way of the future. So, <clears throat> um, this subscription model says if you want your BMW to sound like a BMW, you subscribe to this um, thing. And it basically means you can push a button in your car and all of a sudden your EV makes a noise like a petrol car. Like a petrol engine. Ugh. Oh dear, the things people and you're like, oh, no. are willing to pay for. I know, I know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, but I, I bet I, with all the, all the all the technology and the robots replacing humans again, because we've already seen that on the assembly line. Um, yeah. I bet you it's not going to um, decrease the price of of the any vehicle. If anything, yeah. it'll go up. <laughs> yeah, look, I think you're 100 percent correct, and and. Obviously, it doesn't stand to reason at all that it should. Mm. Um, yeah. But one thing I will say, though, is that Beamers and Mercs and these sort of things in Europe, they're not, they're not stupidly expensive. No. I mean, they're, still, they're still not what I call cheap, but they're not stupidly expensive. Whereas because yeah. of the luxury tax that gets smashed on them out here, they turn into a full-on you know, luxury vehicle, only mm. you know, Richie's um, run around in them, basically. Mm. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but one thing also about that is I haven't seen, and I could be totally wrong, but I have not seen a Mercedes EV uh, model yet. Have you Ooh. seen any of those I come up? I don't think I've heard of it. It <clears throat> uh, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, I'm not aware of one, but 
yeah. I know th- I know the other ones like Beamer and Audi, etc. and VW, mm. they've all got EVs, cool. but I haven't heard yeah. of the Merc EV, which is yeah. interesting. Ford's so. done them. Um, General Motors have them. Volvo has them. Mazda? I'm not sure if Mazda happens. Is Mazda still around? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, right. Oh, okay. Around. I, it's funny. I, I, I just I think of Mazda, and I just think of such an old brand, and I just, yeah. I just I just always remember the Magic Mazda ad, you know, years ago. No, I don't know that Magic one. Mazda. Um, <laughs> it was like nineteen seventies or something, eighties or whatever it was. Yeah, but to me, it's um, a boomer car. I've always imagined older people driving Mazdas. I don't know why. Well, not the RX-7. That's what I used to always like when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the good yeah. old rotary engine. Yeah, the rotary engine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But um, actually, talking about rotary and things going around, uh, you were going to have a chat about the Oscars. Yes, yes. It's come around already. and We've got Oscar uh, coming up soon. But the nominations um, have come out. And yeah, the usual ones. Oppenheimer's got a few, the big ones. Um, Barbie got a few, but the big controversy of all this is the. Um, uh, so Barbie got Best Picture nomination as well as Oppenheimer and a bunch of others. Killers of the Flower Moon, which I think might get it. Not that I've seen it, just a prediction. Uh, but you, you, haven't, you haven't had a you haven't had a spare three hours to to, to, <laughs> no. to spend. <laughs> no, not yet. No. I might have to watch that followed by Napoleon when it comes out because I believe that's four hours. So there's a working day gone. Well, I can tell you right now, someone uh, very close to me just went and saw Napoleon and Killers of the Moon, and they would say, uh, keep your sleeping time to yourself. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Mm, interesting. But, uh, well, I'm I'm a big uh, Scorsese fan, so I do mm. want to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Um and and I love Leonardo DiCaprio and I love yeah. um, De Niro. So I know, in my own mind, I, I believe it'll be a really, really good it should movie. should be a good movie, yeah. I mean, Scorsese in, did another three-hour movie a couple of years ago where De Niro um, uh, gradually got older through the, mm-hmm. through the movie. They used the technology of the, the ageing technology of when you can be, you know, 40-odd and then going through to be... 90 if you like or whatever mm-hmm. it is i can't remember for the life of me what the movie was called um but i watched it over three sittings because it was yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. it was on netflix it went straight to it came straight you could see it on both um but mm. it went to netflix at the same time scorsese yeah. wasn't happy about it but um and because he you know thinks that things should definitely be seen in the movie but yeah, no, I definitely want to see Killers Flowerman, but yeah, I mean, three hours. Yeah. You got to find three hours. Yeah, yeah. You know. It's on Apple TV, I think now, um, or coming oh. very soon. So, if you've yeah. got access to that, you can watch it. Um, yeah. I watched um, the actual uh, real story of the Osage Indians this morning. Mm. Um, there's a documentary you can see it on YouTube, and it is incredibly tragic and. Mm. Um, yeah, it, I can understand why they made a movie out of it. It, it really is movie worthy. It's, mm. it's terrible, terrible situation. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, I apologise. I digressed too That's much right. there, and you were talking I, about the Oscars. So that's what this show's all about. 
just She's informing and just and chatting about whatever. But yes, the um, Oscars. Um, yeah, the big movies of last year was obviously Barbie and Oppenheimer. We all remember um, uh, what was it? The Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Yeah. Yeah, the Barbenheimer uh, memes and and all that stuff. So, two biggest movies. Barbie grossed well over a billion dollars, and I think um, Oppenheimer was pretty close to a billion. Yeah, um, I think it was in the end. Yeah, I think yeah, right. yeah. Uh, in America, I think Barbie was double the takings of uh, Oppenheimer, but worldwide, uh, Oppenheimer caught up. But the biggest controversy of all is that um, neither of the leading ladies in in Barbie, Greta Gerwig, the director, and Margot Robbie, as leading actor or actress, uh, were nominated for their respective uh, uh, roles. So. Ryan Reynolds, no, not Ryan, not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. I always get those two confused, the two Ryans. Uh, yeah, so Ryan Gosling got a uh, nomination for Best Supporting Actor for Barbie. So he, he was happy, but also very disappointed that um, uh, Margot Robbie didn't. And, and Greta didn't, didn't get their, their nod. So, yeah, yeah very, very disappointing. America Ferreira uh, got uh, nomination for best supporting actress as mm. well. I, and yeah. and I've got to be honest. I mean, I you know I've seen Barbie. Um, I've got to be honest. I don't think that Margot Robbie did deserve a nod for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I don't believe. Um, I think there's far better uh, roles and actresses doing those roles for best actor, actress, mm. but. America Ferreira, for me, stole the show when it came to the women in mm. that movie, and she's been yeah. nominated for Best Support. But I also thought, and I said this at the time as well, I thought Ryan Gosling was really good. Mm. Um, and I really, yeah, really enjoyed his uh, portrayal there. And yeah. um, there was oh, there was some, there was was another, yeah, supporting actress. Yeah, no, that was that, yeah, that was the one. Um, but I was trying to think who the lead. Do you, do you have any information there on who the the uh, best best actress uh, nominations are? Yeah, they would be Annette Benning for Nyad. Uh, I'll watch Gladstone. anything that lady since she's very good. Yeah. Actually, I like her. I like Annette Benning. Yeah, she's been around for a long time. Um, can't remember the yeah, movie she has. in the eighties or nineties. Can't remember with Warren Beatty. Oh, yeah. I can't. Was that Dick Tracy? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Madonna was in that as well. But yeah. Annette Benning's done heaps and heaps mm. of stuff. Yeah, but, great actress. Um, yeah, she is. I will say, uh, we were tr- we were watching an, an, another film the other night that she was in. It was called 20th Century Women. If you come across that anywhere, mm. just keep going. Yeah, okay. Oh, don't don't watch it. Yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's a it's a it's a standout movie that yes no. we'll watch it and I'll put it no. and I'll review it on no. our next no. um no yeah no. okay right. we we got we got we got we got about forty minutes in and we just looked at each other going are we going to keep going are we going to keep going <laughs> all right time to start flicking through the next show what, what are yes. we watching then well we we knew we knew where we wanted to go so because we're watching yeah. um a series called bodies on netflix at the moment which is yeah. pretty sensational so yeah we'll, we'll talk about that when we do um uh what's, what's on the box, the box? yeah yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, anyway. we're watching um we're watching raising dion at the moment on netflix so yes oh, that'll be on yes, the, um, yes on my review list have you talked next. about that one before no no and, and that's it. Just and that, watching it. 
that's a cracker. It is. It is. Yeah, we'll oh. find out all about it. Beautiful. Soon. Look forward to it. Uh, forward to yeah, it. so actress in a leading role, we, Annette Benning, we got sidetracked again. Lily yes. Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Sandra Hewler yes. for Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie yes. Mulligan for Maestro. And Emma Stone for Poor Things. I have not yes. seen any of those movies. No. Well, I know the Emma Stone one is absolutely full on. And I mm. love Emma Stone as a actress and i know the role that she's doing is it's just off the charts poor mm. thing i've seen the the trailer and i've heard people that have seen it um it's not really my type of movie and i know that her acting um, ability in that role is pretty outstanding mm. so that's a nice. that's a pretty good nomination that one definitely um mm. and so there was another one there too what was the other one uh sandra hulaf anatomy of a fall yeah, see, I don't even know. See, I think that was nominated as best movie too, and um, and I don't even know what that movie is. Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. No, yeah. which which yeah, is really you're right. Really best picture nomination. Yeah, and never even heard of it. So yeah. <laughs> it's mm. just like, oh, um, there you go. yeah, yeah. Hey, if you can see it, have you got any of the best animations there? Yes, yes. Um, uh, best animation. Ooh. Back at the top of the page was um, animated feature film. Uh, I, I really hope this one wins because I loved it. The Boy and the Heron. Uh, oh, you've already seen Studio, it. Yeah, seen that. Studio Ghibli. Uh, next is Elemental. That's a Pixar movie. Oh, okay. Nimona, I haven't seen. I'm guessing that might be another Pixar movie. Oh, Robot Dreams, never heard of. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I have you... seen and actually enjoyed. So Ah, okay. And so between you, between the Heron and the Spider, which one for you? The Heron. Boy and the, the Heron. Heron. I Is just it... love Studio Ghibli and that yeah. style. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Excellent. 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 Well, I thought after talking about some pretty interesting stuff um, that I would bring the mood down for a second. Oh, um <laughs> <laughs> You know me. Too many good things last for too long it's on this the show. Yin and yang. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I just thought I might just uh, mention the old C word, which is uh, not that C word. Uh, COVID. Ah. Uh, yes. Exactly right. Oh, so I was reading reading an article the other the other day, and it's been interesting because the Congress in America have been banging on for the longest time. Uh, the Republican side of the Congress in particular, mm. and sort of right-wing pundits over there, that it was a medical uh, experiment gone wrong and it escaped the lab, escaped the lab in um, in China, in Wuhan. In Wuhan. And, and they were trying to recover sort of genetic code uh, sequence before you know, it, it, until it started multiplying into people, mm. as it were. But the interesting thing about this is that I'm still not 100% sure if it did come from a lab or if it did come from a bat. But mm. even if it did come from a lab and then into a bat, however it occurred, the fact is that the genetic code submitted in December 2019, the US database missed the critical virus revealing the system flaws. So... In December 2019, we only found out as a world in early January 2020 
mm, that this right. thing was particularly terrible. Mm. And the only reason we found that out is because a Chinese scientist and an Australian scientist got together, got the code that had already been sent to America, mm. and then Orange Head sat on it and did nothing at nothing, all yeah. with yeah. it. And then they put it out to the world and said, this is deep shit. We need to do something yeah. about, about yeah. this. And then, and then the world got on board, and then things actually started to happen. So what my point is, is that you've got the Congress in America blaming the Chinese and go, okay, that's fair enough. But you knew in December 2019, mm. 2019 you, had the code. you didn't do fuck all about it, and mm. millions of people didn't need to die if you actually took action at the time yeah. and uh, didn't do anything about it. So yeah. I just I find that really, really interesting. And so, yeah, the key genetic code delayed two weeks before the global sharing, hindering the timely test and the vaccine development. U.S. database couldn't verify or publish the genetic code, and it was deleted due to lack of response, i.e. they're getting nothing out of their administration mm. yeah. um, because Trump's such an idiot. Skepticism grows over China's claim of prompt virus code sharing. I mean, even the Chinese um, scientists at the time said that was not the case. So trust issues impact cooperation proposals to enhance genetic databases, automate scanning for threats and improve global health response. That's what they're looking at going forwards, et cetera. So although that is a, a crap story, um, it looks like hopefully there's a bit of a good ending to it mm. that... Um, uh, that uh, if, you know, unfortunately, you know, God forbid we go through another something like this. Um, it is interesting, though. I haven't really heard it very um, said very much. But in America, they have this term called scamdemic. And it's oh. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never heard so, of that one. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Um, they're all your sort of QAnon nutjobs and mm. MAGA supporters, etc. Yeah. But you're just like... Yeah, no, 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 I'm hearing you. But I'm just like, wow, really? <laughs> you thought millions <laughs> of people died and it, the whole thing was a scam? Okay. Yeah, fair okay, fair yeah. You live, but, you live uh, that way. I don't know how yeah. you do but... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with yeah. you, my friend. I, I don't get it at all, so. Hey, this is Hannah Melville-Ray from the Australia Institute. I'm listening to the new blurt with Wensi and the Kegster, and you should be too. It's on Tuesday nights, live from around 8pm. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. Hi, and welcome to Great People That Did Stuff. Over to you and your skin, once I. Let's do some spraying. Okay. Um, all right, so I'm going to talk about spray on skin. So what this is all about is um, a nice Aussie invention that um, helps burn victims. So previous to... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling me they invented something to burn victims? Yes, correct. <laughs> no, to help burn victims. 
<laughs> I uh, gotta say that that sounds pretty terrible. Uh, it's, uh... Great Oz invention. <laughs> Let's burn some more victims. <laughs> yes, yeah, so apologies. So yes, um, they so previously when burn victims uh, lost skin, uh, they do skin graft. But the downside to skin grafts was um, so that that grab skin from the person somewhere else on the person's body, grafted on their burn and it didn't have the desired results. Uh, it um, had issues with it. So two ladies from Perth um, or Australia uh, in Australia, Marie Stoner and Fiona Wood, they co-invented the spray on skin, which was a revolutionary treatment for burn victims. Um, it was a technique um, that allowed new skin to be grown directly onto the burn wound, um, which reduced the healing time and scarring um, compared to the skin grafts. Um, so, if, uh, yeah, so skin grafts was the traditional way of doing it. Um, it was painful for the um, patient, uh, took time to get on and um, removed from certain parts of the body. And it also left scars um yeah so with this new design or invention um what they did was they grow the skin cell in a laboratory um, from a small biopsy piece from the patient from a healthy part of the body and as it grows they took some years to develop but they were able to make use certain chemicals to increase the speed of the skin creation growth in the lab and then what they do did was using different techniques spraying um, or even just uh, like a like a brush uh, they experimented with different methods but they worked out that they needed a special nozzle which they invented where they basically got the skin that was grown in the lab pushed it through the nozzle and literally sprayed it on like what you do with painting um, onto onto your burnt skin uh, what this meant was that um, there was faster healing. Uh, it helped heal burns in as little as five days compared to weeks or months. Um, it reduced the scarring as well. What year was this, Wensi? That it was uh, invented? Mid-90s. So it took a good five to ten years process before that uh, to develop. And, yeah, 1995 or thereabouts was when... Um, yeah, it became a viable product. Uh, still not many patients at that time um, to be able to use and, ex I wouldn't say experiment, but to do clinical trials. Um, the 2002 Bali bombings was a big um, uh, incident of burn victims at the time. And, and these two doctors um, ended up doing trials and tests on those burn victims. It wasn't a clinical trial, and so they didn't get a lot of recognition from fellow doctors right. at the time, So because it wasn't a, a proper trial. But the results proved that um, the healing of the burn victims was so good that, yeah, it quickly became accepted and then um, was commercialized. It was it, was it controversial, um, like by other doctors? Were there other sort of, um, 
uh, parts of the medical establishment that weren't happy with them trying these uh, things or more, more so in the process so as you know we were talking about COVID and, and vaccines and things like that any medical um, uh, inventions uh, go through a rigorous trial over years generally to make sure it's safe on humans and there's no uh, effects and things like that drugs vaccines uh, things like like skin grafts or the spray on skin. So because in 2002, they hadn't gone through all that rigorous testing yet, um, but they used it anyway. That's why they did, they got a bit of the backlash. Um, yeah, so great, great little invention by um, some Aussie doctors. Um, Have you got their, their names there? They definitely I do, um, yeah. I, deserve to be named. Yeah. I, thought I did mention them earlier, but it was Marie Stoner and Fiona Wood. They co-invented, so they worked together to, to create that. That is absolutely fascinating and, mm. and uh, magnificent. And it's uh, we're behind something. Uh, and and, and I mean, that's not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, because they're women, men, blah, blah. I just mean it's great. Mm. That um, instead of you know the history always showing uh, men doing something, because yeah. the history books is actually full of men doing something with mm. women right next to them doing yeah. it, but not getting any of the credit for it. Yeah, Oppenheimer, go watch that and you'll see. Exactly, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, classic example. Um, classic yeah. example. And and yeah. there's and and that's the same with uh, you know black history as well. Yeah, I, I mean internationally, not just in America. So yeah. Um, the other thing so, I forgot to mention, Fiona yes. Wood. Um, yes, I've heard of her before. I've heard of yeah. Her you, it's probably because um, in 2005, so three years after the Bali bombings, she got the Australian of the Year award. Ah, that yeah, would be why. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's I, probably why I, you've heard it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Oh, that's brilliant. And mm. have they had um, any other technology, uh, technological uh, breakthroughs or improvements of that skin? Like, are they still working on? the whole sort of uh, implementation of that on burn victims now or are they like as far as they need to be or is it working exactly as they need or is it there's sort of any tweaks that they can mm. make to what they have or good question i'm not sure um i probably need to dig in a bit more to see how it's been done now but the 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 would, would that would that be homework is... It could be homework, yes. I think I'm hearing homework. Um, yeah, so Resell was the um, R-E-C-E-L-L -L was the product that they... Ah, uh, yes. Again, I've heard of that yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, like, like all things, I'm sure it's um, developed over over the years and it's been 20 years since it was commercialised. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it's improved. And, uh, yeah, so homework for me. Thank you, sir. Yes, absolutely. Hey, and what's that letter we need to um, hit uh, so we can, uh, you yes, know. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Done. Yeah, good. Excellent. So I'll just talk to you next time. I'll just say mm -hmm. press the letter because I don't press know what the it letter. is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. That was excellent. Fantastic. Thank you, Wenty. Um, I'm going to talk about meditations of Marcus Aurelius. Now, you may know or you may not know who Marcus Aurelius is. Um, he was an emperor um, of the uh, Roman... Uh, Empire. Uh, in Roman history. He's one of many 
Oh, yes, of the Roman Empire. It's, there was, I think there was something like in, in 12 months, I think there was seven emperors, I think, back in the 1200s or 1100s or whatever it was. Ah, oh, they were just knocking them off like they were going out of fashion. <laughs> so you just, yeah. I mean, the fact you wanted to be an emperor, you had to be a bit of a, a bit of a numbskull. But um, mm. but Marcus Aurelius was definitely not a numbskull at all. And uh, he actually has been, um, he, he's sort of been said to say that he's the, um, uh, the poster child, if you like, uh, want of a better mm. phrase, of um, of philosophy and the way that we do oh, okay. sort of therapy and meditation and all that oh, sort wow, of stuff, which isn't isn't completely known by Marcus mm. um, Aurelius. So he uh, stepped in to automatically fill the role of emperor uh, or imperator Caesar Marcus Aurelius and Toninus Augustus. And yeah, his own insistence, however, his adoptive brother was not yet. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so at his own insistence, however, his adoptive brother was made co-emperor with him and henceforth the name Imperator Caesar Lucius Aurelius Verus Augustus. There's no evidence that mm. Lucius uh, Verus had much of following. Uh, so a ruthless rival could have easily have disposed of him. As I was saying, there was mm. a lot of disposing of emperors at that time. For the first time in history, the Roman Empire had two joint emperors of formerly equal constitutional status and powers. Marcus Aurelius was born April 26, 121 CE. CE means common era, and it is um, uh, interchanged with AD. Mm. Okay. So, so we are talking 2000, yeah, 2000 years ago, we're basically, yeah. you know. Um, was a golden age of the the Roman Empire. So now we've got the history in in there. We've got the years, which is good. Uh, a couple of things. Okay, in one six one Syria, that's one six one CE. Obviously, he was invaded by the Parthians, a major power to the east, and he was the emperor at this stage. Uh, the, the overrunning of Armenia and Mesopotamia was the work of uh, subordinate generals. Notable. Mm-hmm. Notab- Gaius Avidius Cassius. The returning armies brought back with them the plague, which is always nice. Yeah, uh, nice so, yeah, me. they had COVID back then too, which, <laughs> yeah, exactly right, which raged throughout the empire for many years and together with the German invasion fostered a weakening of morale in minds accustomed to stability and apparent immutability of Rome and its empire. And I'll just digress for one second on that. We talked about bringing back the plague. I read a book a little while ago. It was something along the lines of uh, 40 million murdered and or 40 billion murdered and more to come or something along those lines. Yeah. And what it was, it was basically the history of the mosquito mm-hmm. throughout history and throughout <laughs> wars in particular. And as you could probably imagine, if you're a sort of like a Western army going into an African province or something and they have their uh, tolerances to all the, the local mosquitoes and mm. you know, all the lo- yeah. local diseases, et cetera, et cetera. 
you don't have any, and the mosquito comes along and just kills half of your army. Um, it's a <laughs> good way to win so the little, war. but yet, yet so strong. <laughs> yes, it has. It has killed so many millions of people. So, yeah, yeah. just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Uh, did you say so anyway, three years of fighting were still needed million? with Marcus in the thick of it. I can't, I think it's 40 billion, but I can't remember. Well, no, but okay. 40 million. We've only got seven billion now, so yeah. 40 million but over history. I imagine. Okay. So I can't remember what it's called, but it was a big mother of a book. Like it was a big mm, 700 okay. pager, 800 wow. pages wow. or something. And uh, I didn't know. I didn't get all the way through it. Um, to be honest with you, I was mm. getting really depressed. So I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I just, I, I couldn't read it anymore. So many people were dying of all these different things. I was just like, oh no, I can't do it. Just, just can't do it. And plus I had to go back to the, uh, to the library and I hadn't renewed it. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, now we talked about just for a little bit before I talked about the meditations of Marcus Aurelius. And this is definitely what he's been known for now, especially in modern day when it comes to our therapy and philosophy of um, and his influences, etc. So he used meditations. Uh, he wrote Stoic philosophy, if you like, called meditations. It was all about himself for challenging his responsibilities during his reign. And um, he had like modern perspective as for the time. Um, mm -hmm. he, he, would, he would sort of think about more emotional ways of dealing with sort of practical issues rather mm -hmm. than just uh, sort of a head answer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He would actually rather than kill engage. the next emperor. Yeah, he'd engage his heart and sort of work out what's happening, and he sort of set moral uh, morals and ethics, if you like, which, as you can imagine, back then they didn't have a lot of. Marcus set unattainable moral goals, contemplated the transient nature of life. There was also the principles included viewing the cosmos as a unified system governed by intelligence. His ideas aligned with um, leaning towards Platonism, which obviously is Plato and he, I believe, was like the, the mother of all philosophers, wasn't he? Plato, I believe. Plato? Um, yeah. Plato? Yeah. Yeah, the Plato. The mother or the father? The father. Well, of the father of all, but I, I don't think they say father of all as a... Um, uh, as a uh, as in the mother yeah, of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but you would be more technically correct, yes. Despite... <laughs> Despite his deviations, Marcus did not embrace any form of survival. After death, the meditations have been hailed as one of the great books influencing generations of Stoic wisdom. So he faced rebellions invasion, uh, in, and invasions in Egypt and Spain and Britain while securing his frontiers. And he declared himself emperor in 175 but was assassinated. Oh, sorry. Avidius Cassius, which was his brother... Mm -hmm. um, declared himself emperor in 175, but was assassinated, allowing Marcus to restore order. As I say, <laughs> so many emperors just died, and the, one of the biggest reasons is because they just stepped up and went, oh, I'm going to be emperor. And the other dude went, no, you're not. Sounds um, like um, our prime ministership here in Australia a decade ago. It's just a rotating yes. PMs. <laughs> very, very true. But they were metaphorical swords in the back. These yes. were... Literal. These were physical. These were absolutely <laughs> literal. So in 177 CE, Marcus declared his 16-year-old son, Commodus Joint Emperor. They resumed the Danubian Wars with a focus on offensive strategies and expanding Rome's boundaries. Marcus died in 180. Apparently, he was born in 121, I think we said. Mm, yes, so that. 121. Jeez, that's not bad. 60, 59 yeah. years. And he was an emperor. 
Yeah, for that oh time. God, that's that's like a hundred, especially being in yeah. Edinburgh. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Seriously. But anyway, I'll wrap this up because we've got uh, a little bit to get through. Marxist's reign marked by uh, by challenge, uh, challenges and stoic resilience contributes to the historical understanding of Rome. The philosophical impact of Marx's writings transcend his era, resonating with a diverse audiences over time. I'll have a link in the show notes to the meditations. You can actually uh, read it online. Um, and it's, yeah, it's interesting. Draw a few quotes from, and people still pull out quotes from Marcus Aurelius now, which is, uh, which is interesting, which is interesting. Yes. A little bit of history, a little bit of history. The Australia Institute produces high quality research that has real world impact, whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. You're listening to The New Blood with Wency and the Kegstar. Next up, do yourself a favour. Uh, yes, uh, hello. We are talking do yourself a favour. If this is one of the first times you've been with us on the new blurt, uh, do yourself a favour is all about the best podcasts. We used to say best and worst, but there's never any worse, so there's no, no. one saying worst anymore. Best that we listen to. Correct, 100%. So what I want to talk about, I actually wanted to revisit um, the podcast that Wentz spoken about on this show before. <laughs> And that podcast is The Imperfects. The host of that show is Ryan Shelton, Hugh, Hugh Van Kylenberg and Josh Van Kylenberg. Uh, Hugh is, um, I think he's CEO or at least the director of The Resilience Project. And that is a, a pretty, pretty interesting um, task. He, he, Hugh himself does quite a lot of um, talks and presentations on the Resilience Project. And that's all about, I believe when he grew up, he had a sister that um, suffered from um, eating anxieties and eating uh, disorders. Uh, I think she had, I think she had bulimia, mm. uh, anorexia, uh, nervosa, um, slash. It was, it was pretty bad. And I think through that, he has learned a lot about himself and he obviously did a lot of searching to work out how he could support his sister, et cetera, et cetera. And I think through all of that came the Resilience Project. And through the Resilience Project comes the Imperfects. And um, Wentzie, as I said, has talked about Imperfects before. But the reason I wanted to um, revisit it is because, honestly to God, it is just such a brilliant <laughs> podcast. I have sure just was. been devouring so so many episodes over the Christmas period and now. And the thing is, there's some that are just absolutely life-changing. I've got um, three off the top of my head that we haven't spoken about on the show before, and I will talk about them now, but not in length. There's one called Gina Chick, and Gina Chick won a... uh, She won a competition on SBS called Alone, and it was all about being alone and surviving in the wild, etc., Gina Chick is a force of nature. If you are going to listen to a podcast, do listen to The Imperfects and do listen to Gina Chick. She will change your life. Yeah. She, the, the podcast itself is, is in Tasmania at the time and they are getting hammered by rain and hammered by wind and they do not go inside. And if you listen to the podcast, you understand why. And Ooh, Gina, okay. Gina, yeah, Gina Chick, 
yeah, Gina Chicks off the, off the chain. She's absolutely unbelievable. So that one, absolutely, I highly recommend that episode. And the other episode is Claire Bowditch. As soon as I listened to the Claire Bowditch episode, I went out, got a book. I read a book. Sensational. Loved it. And oh, her book. Um, Yeah, her book. Yeah, it's called, okay. um, I think it's called uh, something to do... Uh, to be my own girl or something along those lines but we'll definitely have the the link in the show notes for it and that is a really really good podcast as your well. own kind and of girl there you go your own kind of girl and that's what the book's called as well and there is a song called your own kind of girl and i might even put the the link to the youtube clip because it's a pretty good uh youtube clip so anyway those two were the imperfects i mean as Wednesday said before, they do, they've been doing it for a while and they've done mm. a lot with a lot of really interesting people, but those two absolutely stand out for me. There is another cracker I listened to a while ago with Tim Minchin. That's a bit of fun and it's mm. interesting as well. But those two in particular, uh, they really make you think a lot. And yeah, the, the junior chick one just totally blew me away. And mm. um, yeah, so I just want to revisit that one. Um, another two really quickly, hardcore history, and it's called hardcore history because these things go for five hours. Um, <laughs> that is hardcore. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I'm happy to watch Napoleon now for only four hours. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I, I know. Tell me, tell me about it. I, I to tell you, I haven't done five hours. Um, okay. I'm, I've been listening, um, and I sort of just have it on in the background because I'm assuming because he's doing five hours, I'm assuming it's not weekly. I'm gonna have to um, have a look at it. But um, but yeah, I'll have to I'll have to listen to that over quite a few periods because that's a long time. <laughs> but the, the guy is good with his delivery, and um, and it's yeah, and it's 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 quite interesting. Um, he uh, this particular time he was talking about slavery, but he makes you think about it in a different way um uh to to the way you would normally just go no nope, it's wrong and and that Ooh. is exactly how i feel no nope, it's wrong but and it's interesting when he starts talking about all the different kinds of slaves and what we call slavery and and Ooh. what is still modern slavery now etc cetera, etc cetera. anyway this particular episode that's that's what that one's about and the other one i just want to mention is another one coming out of the australia institute it's called dollars and cents Ooh. um as uh Wente has talked about on the show before follow the money is a uh -huh. australian institute potty yeah. which is a cracker this one is its sort of sister podcast called dollars and cents with greg jericho he's uh economist from um, oh, yeah. the australian institute and he's really good with delivery. It's not long. It only normally goes for about 20, 30 minutes or something. Yeah. Really, really easy to digest. Um, and just, just you know, just interesting. You're at all interested in economics and you just want to know how the world's turning a little bit. Um, yeah, it's good. Sounds uh, interesting. It, yeah, it is. It's good. I really started uh, enjoying it. So, yeah, that's my little bit tonight. Oh, nice. Going to listen to a few of those. Not sure about the hardcore history, six hour long. They do have short ones that go for about three, three and a half. So start with those, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> um, I've got a couple to talk about today. Um, first one uh, is the Squiz Today. Um, it's a short daily news um, podcast uh, released every day. Um, it is uh, hosted by... Uh, Alice Dempster and Claire Kimball. Uh, most episodes are around about 10 minutes long. 
and pretty much cover the headline um, stories of the day. And they go into a little bit more detail than what you'd listen to on um, a radio station when they do the news coverage that only runs for one or two minutes. So, yep, yep. and then they only ever talk about two or three, maybe four subject um, topics at once. They do have a extended um, uh, pot, uh, episode called the shortcuts and uh, your shortcut Two. Um, there was one that was on the 22nd where it was called uh, your shortcut to the business of tennis. And uh, that one was, right, right. Yeah. So it goes because it's tennis season in Australia at the moment with the Australian open um, going yeah. on at the moment in Melbourne. Uh, they talk about, uh, yeah, the history of tennis and how it came to be and how, how it works now. For example, uh, did you know that uh, the Australian Open hadn't always been played in Melbourne? In in Melbourne or in Victoria? Yeah, yeah. so the Australian Open that hasn't always been set in Melbourne. So the tournament actually started in 1905 as the Australasian Championship. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it started off in Melbourne, but during the course of the next 50 years, I think it was, or so, um, it uh, changed around. So it, it it was played in Melbourne 66 times, Sydney 17 times, Adelaide 15 times, Brisbane seven times, Perth three times. And because it was Australasian, they also played a um, tournament in Christchurch in 1906 and Hastings in New Zealand, 1912. So they, they go into wow. a little bit more details. Kidding. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. That's yeah, so, yeah, so it's quite fascinating. Um, they also talked a couple weeks ago about Nikki Haley and the Republican primaries. They go into a bit more detail of, of how that works in America. Um, so, yeah, if you're short on time, uh, you're traveling on the bus, train, public transport to work, 10 or 15 minutes is easily doable. So Sounds yeah. like a perfect one. And um, segue to that, I think we'll do party in the USA next week, actually. Okay, sounds good. Um, speaking, of, there, so. speaking of the USA, my next podcast is called Am I an Asshole? <laughs> That's right. That's what it's called. <laughs> well, if if you are, that doesn't sound American because they would say, "Am I an asshole?" An asshole. Yes, yeah. exactly right. So this is an Aussie asshole. So it's spelt the correct correct way. Um, it's a confession sub podcast. I'm calling it a sub podcast. So um, every second week, um, Sammy Peterson, who's the host of this podcast. Um, uh, releases the Am I, uh, Am I the Asshole uh, podcast. Um, this podcast is, he is a... Is he a comedian or...? He is a comedian. Um, I've never heard of him, but he's obviously a comedian and he knows a lot of comedians. He's, um, so the premise of the podcast is he gets uh, special guests coming in like Jan Fricker, Jen Fricker, Charlie Clausen, who you might know from Top Up. Oh, Tofop. With, yeah. um, yeah, Tof with, oh, Tofop, Will. Sorry. Yeah. with Will yeah. Anderson. Um, yeah. So Josh Earl, another comedian, and many others. Um, yes. Celia Pacol, I think, has been on it. Um, but yes, it, each episode, it talks to the guests for a good 10, 15 minutes, just what they're doing, shows and stuff like that. But then the meat, the meat, the meaty part of the show is he looks at Reddit 
stories where someone has posted some sort of st story and and then um, Sammy will ask, am I the arsehole? So for example. Yes, I think an example um, is needed here. Yes. So um, there's one Reddit story he talked about where in the US at a college dorm, this Reddit user tells the story of having a party in their dorm. One of the party goers um, asks that Reddit user if he had been circumcised. Uh, right. The Reddit, yeah, and the Reddit user replied, or was shocked and, and surprised by the question, and he responded back to her, "What's your pubic hair situation?" In, in <laughs> so then Sammy asks the guest, in this case was Jen Fricker, um, "Do you think he was the asshole or was he not an asshole?" So then they just talk about the the whys and hows and is he. Was he an asshole for asking that question? And they so, go to many other stories. So, okay, so there's, a, there's sort of a pretense to have a sort of um, a bit of a theme and a, a bit of a, um, uh, you know, a bit of uh, something to sort of chat about, but it sounds more than anything, it's sort of got a comedic bent to it. Yes, yes, definitely. So, and they'll go through maybe three, four to six or more little stories because yeah, the shows yeah. are about 40 minutes long yeah and yeah so they go through lots of little scenarios that they've found on on reddit and yeah so that gets released every two weeks so yeah quite funny all right and uh, how yeah. did you come across it i was just looking on on spotify for podcasts to listen to a few weeks ago and went oh yeah that sounds good i like the title am i the asshole <laughs> <laughs> so i had there's just had to listen to it so <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, that uh, is that the same reason you listen to Half-Assed History? Anything with an ass in it? I love ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's next on the uh, that, show? That's the promo. <laughs> that's the promo for next week. Sure, oh, no shit. What have I got myself into? I uh, like that. I, I love ass. Oh, shit. Um, that's, uh, that's very good. Nice, excellent, fantastic. That's awesome. Oh, fantastic. No, they're really cool. Uh, I'll pop those down and I'll make sure they go on my list, my ever growing mm. list. Yes. Um, no, always good. Uh, really, really interesting. Uh, fantastic. All right, people, that is your show for tonight. Um, thank you for joining us if you've uh, listened on the pod and if you're viewing at YouTube at some stage, if you were live with us at any stage tonight, thank you very much as well. Yeah. Uh, we're moving pretty well this year when it comes to people having a look at the show. So, yep, tell your friends. Um, get them to have a listen. Oh, the latest potty that's out at the moment is the interview with Dan Illick that Wednesday mm. and I did last week, which was a really good one. A bit of fun, that one. Yeah, um, it's always fun. <laughs> He is, always, he is always fun. And um, his show, The Millions Download Show, is on in Melbourne on the 1st of February at the Malthouse Theatre. We will have the links in the show notes until uh, basically until it's uh, time. Um, so, yeah, so if you want to get a ticket, you should be able to still because mm. it's a pretty big theatre, I believe. But yeah. really, really, really good guests um, on his show with uh, Sammy Shah and Richard Feidler, Kirsty Wiebeck and... Um, Charlie Pickering. So, and guest starring uh, Lewis Hubbard. Oh, yes, from his, yes, with his little baby, uh, Olive, uh, on yeah. the Zoom. So, that yes. should be a bit of fun. That should be very should good. Be fun. So, until next week, once I uh, have fun. Yes. Stay and, safe. Uh, 
next week we will probably come back to you on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday. Correct. Um, but it was my birthday uh, yesterday, so we went out. <laughs> no, we didn't even get to talk about that, but unfortunately, no. there you go. But that's all right. It's Happy 21st. Fun. Yes, <laughs> thank you very much. You, you can see uh, the nice gray hairs for the 21 yeah. coming in, so that's good. That's excellent. All right, people. Good night. All thank right. you very much. We will see you soon. See you, Wendy. All right. See ya. Bye. The new blurb is brought to you by Wency and Kickstart, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off The Glass Productions, brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.